What's up, Mama Boss? Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I'm Stephanie Gass, success strategist and passive income queen creator. If you're ready to step into your God-led potential, create profit from your passions, and capture the success that is already yours, this podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at stephaniegass.com. So grab that cup of coffee or fill up that glass of wine and let's dig in to today's show. What up, bosses? Here we go. I'm so thrilled about today's show. This is episode number 34. And oh my goodness, do we have a massively special guest. We have Kendra Hennessy, owner of Mother Like a Boss podcast. We are going to be talking all about home management life hacks and how to become homemakerish. This is so good. But first, before we get into that, I want to read a review. This was left on iTunes from Karen Diaz, RD. As a mom and entrepreneur, energy is everything. So having a podcast that lights me up when I'm working out or getting ready for my day is so important. Stephanie is one of my go-to shows and I love listening when a new episode is released. Thank you, Karen. You rock, sister friend. I'm so thrilled to have you supporting the show. I hope that you are learning and thriving and enjoying it. And y'all, if you haven't taken 30 seconds, head over to iTunes, leave a quick review. Who knows? I will probably read yours next live on the show. And this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Thrivecart. Thrivecart is my number one go-to when it comes to payment gateway software. Instead of paying crazy monthly fees to have a payment gateway system, I paid a one-time license fee that I have negotiated for all of my listeners as well. What is a payment gateway? Ladies, oh my gosh, if you have anything that you market from online courses, eBooks, you're a coach, and you want people to go from an opt-in page to the purchase process in an automatic way, you need Thrivecart. Thrivecart has a countdown. It allows me to put videos right there in the checkout page. I'm able to put testimonials within my checkout. And then when someone goes to purchase, I'm able to upsell them whatever else I have to offer. So it's crazy. My conversions have gone up by over 50% at the point of checkout since investing in this program. Instead of paying monthly, you're going to want to go through my link, which is bit.ly slash get thrive cart now. Again, that is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash get thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E cart, C-A-R-T now. Okay, so y'all, I am so thrilled. I'm welcoming Kendra Hennessy today. She is a wife and a mama from upstate New York. Kendra is a home management expert. I mean expert. And positive motherhood enthusiast. She is also the founder of the incredibly successful Mother Like a Boss podcast. Kendra's on a mission to redefine homemaking in the 21st century and make the difficult and tedious parts of running the home smoother through systems, routines, and mindset shifts. So I am so pumped to welcome her. Let's dig in to the show. Oh my goodness, Kendra. Hey girl, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. 
Yes, me too. I love your podcast, especially all of the home hacks. My goodness, I'm a huge fan. So this is so awesome. Y'all are going to love, love, love Kendra. And I think, Kendra, the first thing I would just love for you to kind of dig into for us is share your story with us. I mean, how did you become passionate about what you do, about home management, about your podcast? Share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the uh, CEO and founder of Mother Like a Boss. I love to say that because it makes me sound um, way more official than I actually am. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When you say CEO, it just sounds so official and professional. Um, Meanwhile, I'm just sitting in my home office and, you know, at home with two kids. So exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I run uh, Mother Like a Boss, which is a a company for modern moms. Um, We put a fresh twist on homemaking uh, for, for moms that are really in the muck and the mire of all of the uh, running their home, taking care of their children, many times running a business or working outside the home or working inside the home. I really believe that homemaking at its core is the backbone of the world in many ways, because what happens in our home is how we show up in the rest of the world. So the way that we're able to make our homes is the way that we bring that into the rest of the world. The difference is that I believe in modern homemaking. So I expand further than just that 1950s housewife notion that many of us have and that I had for a long time. So I actually started off owning a cleaning business for many years. So I started a cleaning business when I was uh, 22. I was pregnant and I just dropped out of college. So fantastic time to start a business. (laughs) But I started the cleaning business and I did that for about 10 years and I was very successful in it. But what I realized was that the people that I was helping, which were predominantly moms, most of my clients were Mm -hmm. moms, they were overwhelmed even with me coming over to their house. In fact, me coming sometimes made them more overwhelmed because they weren't uh, they weren't very organized in their homes and they didn't have any systems. There was no home management. So cleaning was really just a band-aid on a bullet wound. So mm-hmm. I was coming and they were having to move stuff from one room to the other and, oh, don't worry about that area of the house because I had to move everything from this area of the house to that area so you could clean. So At the same time, I also wanted to be home more with my children and with a cleaning business, you know, I can't clean people's homes from the privacy of my own home. So it really was a labor of love that Mother Like a Boss was born. I thought I can help moms all over the world. I didn't even know how far the reach would be at that time, but I thought I can reach women and moms all over the place and I can help them to manage their homes better and to become better at modern homemaking. And I can also be home more with my kids and expand my reach and not have to have the physical job that is a cleaning business. So that's really where I started. And we've been at this for almost three years. We're coming up on the three-year anniversary of Mother Like a Boss. I haven't looked back. I haven't uh, had the cleaning business in about two years now. So it's been really fantastic that I've been able to do this full-time now, and I absolutely love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations on your podcast anniversary. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I I laughed through that intro because that really obviously resonates with me. I've got cleaning ladies. They come every two weeks, and Mm -hmm. for like three days leading up to when they get here – I'm over here like, okay, we got to clean for the cleaning people, right? We got to put everything away and I'm trying to catch up on the laundry. And and I feel like I'm better than like 80% of women, but I'm still overwhelmed. And so you are 
a million percent right that this is a, a niche that is necessary. And I'm so happy that <laughs> you're here to help us. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I think that there's an innate, I don't know, an innateness to that, even with myself, if I were going to have a house cleaner come, there is the sense that you have to pick up some of the clutter. Like I didn't pick up people's toys for them. I wasn't a housekeeper, so I wasn't doing yes. their laundry for them. But I found that there were women that were like, literally, it was stressful just for me to come to their house. And they were yeah. worried and anxious about it. And I thought, I, there has got to be a better way for us to all deal with our homes together. Oh my gosh. And so you've kind of coined these two things. And I love it so much. The first one was being homemaker-ish, right? Mm. And then the second one is home management. And you've talked about this a lot. Can you walk us through like, what do those two terms mean? And, and kind of help us understand those, those whole concepts of your business. Yeah. So home management is something that I remember hearing about uh, from like the Martha Stewart's of the world. I, I don't even remember the first time I ever heard the term home management, but I thought, oh, that's that's so interesting because that's exactly what I try to do in my own home. home I try to manage it. So I yeah. think of myself as the home manager, the person that is in charge, the person that's the leader, but the person that's not doing everything. Because if you work at a business, if you, own, if you had a job and you were the manager, you're not doing everything. You're delegating. You're the leader. You're guiding. You're supporting. That's what I view myself as in my home. And I also view my husband the same way. I mean, he's a home manager just like I am. Mm -hmm. So home management to me is all of the components that make up running a home. So the cleaning, the cooking, the meal planning, the time management, the scheduling, taking your kids here and there, all of those things are components of home management. They're how we manage our homes. Homemaking, on the other hand, is a much more umbrella term. That to me is much more about the cultivation of, of what we experience inside of our home. So it's not about the walls. It's about the feelings and the emotions and the things going on inside of our home. So that's, to me, the difference between homemaking and home management. People lump them together, but they're very different. So to me, uh, homemaker-ish, which is a term that I coined a few years ago, is really permission for modern moms to not need to succumb to the perfectionism. So that ish is sort of that that ending like that we all use where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm like doing this sort of, kind of, a little bit. Uh, it's also a double entendre because sometimes people say like, get your ish together yeah. you know, instead of swearing. So I thought it was a really <laughs> cute double entendre. And I really enjoy that term because of the fact that my audience has taken it over. And I love that they think of themselves as homemakerish because, you know, maybe you like really killed it when it came to meal planning this week and you're feeling really good about it. And then like one of your kids got sick and you're like, well, I guess it's pizza tonight because I'm not cooking. It's like one of those, you're not worried so much about the perfection of getting it all done. You're really looking at everything from a, a more broad view and like a bird's eye view and saying, how can I cultivate feelings of peace and joy and comfort and safety in my home? So I'm all about my home being a safe place for my children and my husband and myself to land when the rest of the world is stressful. And most people have it backwards. Most people have a home that makes them stressed because they come into their home, there's clutter, there's mental clutter, there's untidiness. Uh, they're, they're just not very happy. And so I want it to be the opposite for women is to create a place and a space that feels good for them in their own unique way. Not one that's Pinterest perfect, not one that their neighbor mm -hmm. has, but one that feels good for them. I am so obsessed with that. Like all of that. <laughs> I just want to eat it up. 
Because <laughs> I, I always say, I'm like, you know, how my home feels is how my sanity feels. Yes. And when it's messy, I feel messy. It's like I can't. And so I totally, I totally vibe with what you're saying right now. And I love, I just love everything that you're about. And also the fact that it doesn't have to be perfection, but you can strive for the homemaker and you can just be homemakerish. Like, yes. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. Perfection, <laughs> perfection um, holds no place in my home. I, I yeah. strive for effort and progress, but no perfection because perfection is subjective. It changes day to day. What's perfect to me today won't be perfect to me tomorrow. So why bother? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, let's talk about you are a mama, you've got your littles, and you're also running this insanely successful podcast. I'm sure your podcast has so far exceeded your expectations. I mean, I love it. Yes. I know. I think every single woman needs to listen to your podcast because the, the things that you're teaching are truly, they are so tangible to every single mother and especially working mother out there. And so how do you balance still being, you know, Kendra and mama and then running this awesome podcast? Do you have any tips for us on kind of maximizing both areas? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. That's very kind of you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it has far exceeded anything that I thought was possible. We start. I started Mother Like a Boss in 2016, but the the uh, podcast didn't start until 2018. So I've only had that for a year. So ah. it, yeah, it's been, it was sort of something that I started because people really wanted it. And uh, it's, yeah, I try to encourage as, as many people through the podcast. So I love that. But I think that the way that I uh, balance the two is that I don't balance the two. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in balance. I don't really, for my own life, like I just don't try to balance it because to me, uh, every time I think of balance, I think of one of those old timey scales. Yeah. And that means that you're supposed to put the same amount of everything on each side. And I just don't think that that's how life works. Right now, I'm giving my all to my business. It's during the day, my children are at school. And so I'm giving my all and my energy for these hours, but then they're going to come home and I'm going to give my all to them. And it's not really, I'm not counting the minutes saying, well, I worked on my business for one hour. I have to spend time with my kids for one hour. It's more to me about harmony. It's about yeah. everything working together in harmony. But the way that I do that is through prioritizing. So I think prioritization is just number one when it comes to doing anything important in your life, especially if you're a working mama and you're you know, trying to raise children or running a business, um, even the stay-at-home moms too, just prioritizing what is the most important thing to you in that moment. Because many people think of priorities as these grand things that they're supposed to have in their lives, like their values. And obviously, my children are a priority and my husband is a priority and I'm a priority to myself and my businesses. That's a lot of priorities. So instead of thinking of it as what's most important in my life, I just think day to day what's most important. Um, I always use the example that right now my priority is talking to you. But yeah. if I were to get a phone call from school saying my kid is throwing up, like all of a sudden my priority, my priority shifts. Yeah. Like it's going to shift a little bit and that's okay. But I think that really prioritizing your days and your, your minutes even helps so much. Uh, so does setting boundaries. So I, I like to think of myself as a boundary ninja. I just, I, <laughs> I, I, love it. I mow down, <laughs> mow down everything in my way that I feel is trying to come into my boundaries, uh, or step over my boundaries really. And my husband and I both are really good at that. And we've made it a, a priority in our life 
for boundaries to be really important since we both own our own businesses. And when you set boundaries, I look at boundaries as a labor of love because it's my way of telling people what is okay and what is not okay without always having to confront them, without always having to be confrontational. If you just say, these are my business hours, these are my work hours, and then anything outside of that, hey, great, we'll talk to you in the morning. You just set those up, those boundaries up right away. And you don't have to always be worrying about who you're giving attention to and when and and having to confront people. So those two things really help. Oh my gosh. Like just being proactive and not reactive, right? Like taking control of your freaking time, ladies. Like you've got to do it. And I, one thing you said at the beginning of that one is I get to work while my kids are in school and I just have to say, girl, I'm like, okay, three more years and I'm going to have a school day window of time to work. (laughs) I'm so pumped. It's so glorious when that happens. I love my baby so much. My it's my son's sixth birthday today. So I'm a little oh. like I'm even very, I'm very emotional because he's my baby and I don't know that we'll have any more. Yeah. So the thought that he's six now is like, oh, I want my baby back. But then at the same time, I have a kindergartner and a middle schooler and they're gone all day. Oh, <laughs> I get oh. so much done. <laughs> oh, sister. I'm like, whoa, I, my son's 10 days away from his fifth birthday and I just keep crying. It's so it's so hard. I'm telling you, it's the hardest because you want them to grow. You, I love seeing them grow. I think it's such a privilege to watch your children grow. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, what I wouldn't give to just have a squishy little baby again. Oh, you know, I know, I know. I'm like, I was like, should we have a third? And then, and then, you know, I'm around my my sister in laws and all their babies. I'm like, no, no, we shouldn't. I'm good. I'm totally good. <laughs> Oh, but we are, we are so on the same track. I'm I'm the oldest, and so I have a lot of younger siblings, and they're all having more kids. And I'm like, I think I'll live vicariously through them because yes. we j- we just uh, planned a vacation for four months from now, like on a whim. We were like, you know what? We're just going to go to Disney in May. I never would be able to do that if we had a baby. Like no. I, ne- I would not no. be able to do that. So I think mm, I think we'll just stick with two for now. <laughs> and there are joys in every age. So exactly. yes, I, I agree. Love it. Okay, <laughs> sorry everyone. We were just having a mama sidebar. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, okay, let's talk for a minute about what you're all about, this whole home management, you know, strategies. And Mm. by the way, okay, y'all, episode 12 of Mother Like a Boss changed my laundry life. If you guys know me, you know that I post in my Instagram stories like every day and I post pictures of my laundry room, Kendra, because it's like, I think I sent you a picture. It's like spilling Mm. out of this. And I have a massive laundry room. I'm like, I have a problem. I literally have a problem. So I listened to your podcast episode and I've been, okay, I've been better. I'm not fully there yet, but I am so much better. So I've just got to have you talk us through like some of these strategies that you put in that, in that show for never ending laundry. Cause it was that good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And also, uh, I should note that if you listen to that podcast, you will know that I also hate laundry. I Mm -hmm. do not. I love to clean. I own a cleaning business. Cleaning does not bother me in the least. I could clean all day, but laundry, for some reason, I'm like a toddler. I just want to throw a tantrum. I just want to throw myself on the ground and be like, I don't want to do it. Cause, and I, I realized that the reason why it's because there's so many steps. There's so many steps to laundry. You have to get it all together. If you're going to sort it, you sort it, which I don't always do. Sometimes we do depending on the clothes. Then it's like their washer. Then you have to remember to put it in the dryer. Then you have to take it from the dryer and fold it. Then you have to put it away. It's a lot of steps. It's like cleaning a toilet is like really straightforward and easy. So (laughs) I will say that what has helped me 
which I know other people are preaching and there's a lot of people who like are come against it and they're like, I don't want to do that. It's just do a load a day at the very minimum. I know there are people out there that are like, that won't do it for me. We have five kids. I get that. But even just doing one load a day will put you ahead so that if you're going to play catch up on say the weekend or a weeknight, you're not having this mountain of laundry. And when I say do a load a day, I mean, wash it, dry it, and put it away. I know that's like really hard and I know it kind of sucks, but yeah. it's that is what helps is getting into the routine of just doing that load. I've started to, within the last six to eight months, do my laundry at night. So what I do is I put it in the washer about an hour before bed. Right before bed, I throw it in the dryer and that way in the morning, I have a dry, clean fresh load of laundry that I can then get, fold, and put away even before the kids get up. Or it's right after they go to school. Most people do it the opposite way. And unfortunately, your day sort of goes on. And then you're at work and you come home and you're exhausted and you're like, I don't want to put these clothes away. And then the cycle starts. And then you have piles of laundry. So the doing a load a day, if you have children that are older than five or so, start delegating to them. It's going to be painful at first, I will say. It will be painful to watch a five-year-old try to fold laundry. <laughs> absolutely will. But it will pay off in the end because every single step that you're giving them along the way builds on itself. And so my daughter will be 12 next week and I have not done a single bit of her laundry since she was eight. Not mm. one. Not mm, one preach. load of laundry. Preach. Exactly. <laughs> and that took four months, four to five solid months when she was about eight and a half to uh to train her. I just trained her every single, pretty much every other day. Anytime I would be doing laundry and she was home, I was like, all right, Ava, come downstairs. You're gonna watch me again. What do we push? What do we do? And now I don't do her laundry. So start early. I wish I had started even earlier. Right. We're starting with my son. Just having him help fold things up, having him help me uh, by like handing me the stuff so I can hang it up in his closet where he can't reach. It's the very little things that you can start now that are going to build on themselves so that when they get to be eight, nine, 10, and then into preteens, they're just used to doing laundry. It's just a part of what they do. So uh, delegating, doing a load a day, and um, yeah, start when the kids are young and then putting the loads away immediately. I mean, I know I already said that, but that's, it, it really is such a habit that when you put it into use, it changes your life because then you don't have loads of laundry sitting around. I, I'm not kidding. I put a load of laundry away right after it was dry, like two days ago. You would have thought I was Wonder Woman. Like the way I was prancing around the house, you yeah. would have thought I just like saved the world. I was like, <gasps> I don't mean to brag, guys, but like I just took laundry out of the dryer and then put it right away. Like, so check me out right now. I'm like, look at me. Watch that, me really. Exactly. <laughs> so when you can do that, it actually it helps in a lot of other areas because it creates momentum. Yes. And it's just a great habit to get into. So that way you're not ending up with these huge piles of laundry. And honestly, ladies. I hate to break it to you, but laundry does not take as long to put away as we have made it out to. I timed myself once. It was like five minutes. We are doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of huffing and puffing over like five minutes of our time, really. Oh my gosh. And we do it for everything else. Like for my business, yeah. I do something every day. I do my dishes every single day. I do, mm -hmm. I put, pick up the clothes every day. Like what is any different about the laundry? It's like, I'm like terrified of it. I'm like, oh my God, like it's all in there staring at me. Like it's not that, it's not that bad. Seriously. 
It's not. We make it out to be a lot more. I think it's because it's the multi-step and it, it never seems to end because as soon as you get a laundry away, right. then like if you're wearing clothes, there's going to be laundry the next day. But we have to get into more of just a grateful mindset. Like it's never going to go away. And that's something to be grateful for because it means that we have clean clothes and um, it means we have the ability to do laundry and all those good things. Ooh, that's good. That yeah. is really good right there. Like, I love you, laundry. Thank you for being exactly. here for me right now. Yes, gratitude so helps. <laughs> it sounds cheesy, but no, it helps it a lot. Good. That is good stuff, y'all. Yeah. Seriously, if that is help. If that can help me, because I feel like I am the worst laundry woman in the world, then that can help y'all. Oh my gosh, thank you, Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. Your next episode that's crazy popular is about speed cleaning. I think it's episode yeah. number three. Um, I will love you forever. I already love you forever, but I will extra love you forever. If you can take us through some of the ways to save time when it comes to cleaning and kind of maintaining our mess. Yes. So uh, speed cleaning is one of those things I love to talk about because people have the wrong idea of what speed cleaning means. So most people think speed cleaning is like cleaning as fast as you can, like just get it all done, get it all done. Really, yes, speed cleaning is about the time that it takes you, but it's more about the efficiency. So it's about being as efficient as possible in as little time as possible. So instead of deep cleaning, which is more about not worrying so much about the time, but worrying about the task at hand, mm -hmm. speed cleaning is more about let's see how efficient we can be and get the most done in the least amount of time. So if we were to think about a kitchen, for instance, it's really more about working from one side of the kitchen and going around in a clockwise or counterclockwise, just some kind of circular way and working from the top to the bottom. So if you can think of any room in your house and how people usually clean, either a room in your house or the floor in your house, like the top floor or the bottom floor, uh, most people clean haphazardly. Yeah. So most people go to what their eye sees. So they go to what is catching their eye at the moment. Oh, there, that's dusty. I need to go dust that. Oh, wait, I forgot this thing over here needs to be done. Oh, wait, look, I see a cobweb up there. And that's not efficient. Every time your brain has to switch and multitask like that, which we've learned through a lot of scientific research recently, that that's not actually multitasking, it's task switching. Every time you do that, your brain gets out of the mode of efficiency and you have to switch to something new. Mm. So speed cleaning is all about working from the top to the bottom and working either in a circular fashion or working from your way out. So when I used to have a cleaning business, I would start from the topmost corner of a home and I would work my way all the way, say they had two stories in their home, I'd work my way all the way out down the stairs and then from the back right back corner of the house and work my way out the door. So I wasn't ah. going over what I had already cleaned because oh then gosh. if I'm cleaning the first room of the house and then I'm like walking all over the house and coming back, then I'm basically just like dropping dirt and dust back where I already did it. Also working from the top to the bottom just gives your brain a great focal point of start and finish. And it also moves the dirt down either metaphorically or actually really literally it moves the dirt from the top to the bottom. So you're going to, if you're in a kitchen, you would clean all of the cabinets. If you're even doing the cabinets, you would do the cabinets, then the countertops, then the lower cabinets, then the floor, and then be done. So really those two things can help uh, quite a bit. And then also one thing that most people are not doing, and it's the one tip in my cleaning course and my podcast that I'm so surprised people are like, oh my gosh, it's changed my life. And it's <laughs> such a simple thing, but let your products do the work for you. Any product, cleaning product that you buy or even make. So even if you're using baking soda or vinegar, 
They are meant to do the work for you. If you look at the back of a lot of cleaning products, it will say spray, let sit, and then wipe down. Mm. The reason is that product needs enough time to dissolve the grime, the grease, the dirt, or it needs time to actually disinfect. So if you're doing a disinfecting, you can't just spray something and then wipe it off. There's no time for, for the germs to be killed at all. If you're spraying down your shower to actually scrub it and get the soap scum off of it, you're not giving yourself enough time for whatever you're using to grip the soap scum and dissolve it. That's the point of what, that's why we soak dishes. It's because the soap dissolves the grease on the dishes and then it makes it easier to clean. So when I say that, people are like, well, how is that speed cleaning? Because you're taking more time because you let the stuff sit while you do something else. If you're in a bathroom, you let the shower sit while you go and clean the toilet because you don't really need to let the toilet like there's hopefully no soap scum all over your toilet. (laughs) But you can there are other things you can do, like clean the mirror or do things that just require you to do things in in less time. Um, So you can let your product sit and then it's going to take you less time to clean because you're not sitting there and scrubbing. I know many people out there can say they've scrubbed and then had to put product on again and then scrub again. And it's, it's tedious, right? And it feels Mm. it's exhausting. So instead let your products do the work for you and you'll spend less time actually cleaning. Uh, I think we need to like literally a moment of silence for those and that answer there. (laughs) I'm like, that is me. I'm going to my Island cleaning my island, putting the stuff all over the floor, and then I'm going back up. Like, I'm a hot mess. So you've just, like, in that one five minutes, I'm, like, top to bottom, products work for me. Like, hello. And, yeah, it's simple, but, my goodness, I just think people don't know that. No, they don't. And these are things that I I tell my students this all the time. Like, no one teaches you this stuff. Like, we don't have, at least where I am, we don't have adulting classes. Maybe you took a full (laughs) map. for one semester in school, like I did in in middle school or something, but no one's teaching these things. They're just handing us children and houses (laughs) and adult lives and then being like, good luck, like, see you later. Even if our parents helped, even if our parents had us do chores, a lot of them, and it's not really their fault because we're all just learning from the last generation. A lot of us, a lot of them didn't teach us how to do the chore. They just gave us the chore. And so we had to learn how to do it. And no one taught us how to actually put all those chores together to manage a home, men and women. So I'm really just on a mission to make this stuff easier from my own life and learning the hard way. Because when I started my cleaning business, y'all, I was not good at all. I don't know why anyone paid me. Like I wasn't any good. (laughs) But I had to learn. I learned why am I taking so long to clean or why is this not coming as clean as I thought it was uh, going to or why isn't this product working? I just had to learn over the years uh, and I want to teach other people to do the same. We need homemakerish 101 in schools, y'all. Exactly. Yes. Kendra that's, is going to start a movement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so fun. All right. So my next question is kind of back to business again your business. And I'm just always curious about this one with people that really run successful businesses and they have a big brand, kind of your business started to take off. When and what did you first outsource? Like first outsourced stuff with my home, cleaning, yard work. And because I'm like, well, I like to do business versus do you outsource the business stuff? And then you're still doing home stuff. Like how did that look? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I outsourced the most in my business. I haven't really outsourced anything at home. Right. And the reason for that is 
that the home stuff is really easy for me. Right. It's it doesn't take up much time and it doesn't take up much of my energy. And I've been able to delegate a lot to my husband and my kids. And we kind of all we have like a community. We have a lot of teamwork. However, in my business, there were things that were taking up a ton of my time and energy. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't either, either I'm not good at them. Or even if I'm good at them, they're not money-making tasks. They're not anything that is making me money or helping me create revenue in any way. So Mm -hmm. I outsourced that stuff first. So one of the first things that I outsourced was social media management, having someone come in, manage my social media, mostly Facebook, not really Instagram. I see Instagram as a very personal thing. And so I enjoy doing my own Instagram. But my Facebook page and Facebook groups and going in and posting things and uh, setting up a schedule for when things will be posted and when we'll post about my podcast, things like that. Mm-hmm. Email. Email was another thing I outsourced because again, email and customer service, super duper important, not a money-making task yep. at all. Not something that you need to be doing as the owner of your business. That is something someone else can be trained to do. And oftentimes other people are much better at it than you are because that's all they're doing. They're doing customer service. They're not... Um, emotionally invested sometimes, which can be a good thing when you're, I know for my own email, when I was doing my own email back before I could afford to have someone else do it, you become very emotionally invested in even the people that are like sending in not so nice things or, you know, are unhappy, but a customer service representative or a VA is just there to do a job. And so they're going to be a lot quicker about things than you are. So those I hired out, I have a creative director now. Um, I've had a visibility strategist, somebody to get me on podcasts and get people on my podcast and uh, just make me more visible, you know, guest blog posts, things like that. Right. Again, things that I don't want to be spending my time doing or I'm, I'm not good at. Like I wouldn't even know how to do it. I wouldn't. I hired someone to do my logo because that's not what I'm good at. I'm not good at designing. Those are the things I've outsourced. Um, I always say, what can you outsource that takes up the largest chunk of your time and mental energy and start there? Oh, so good. I love all of that. That's really, really spot on. Now you do, you know, lots of things. My last question for you is what does success mean to you? Was there a point in time when you were like, you know, wow, I'm successful. Like I actually did this. Like, do you feel that way now? Or do you always feel like you're moving the needle forward? And, and kind of what does that success mean to you? Yeah, I, I definitely feel successful. But I don't think that there's like, um, there's no monetary part of that. There's, it's not like I hit a certain point or I hit a certain amount of downloads in a podcast or I heard, hit a certain amount of students. To me, success means having the time to do what I want when I want. And it's that simple. I enjoy the freedom of being able to plan a Disney vacation four months in advance and not four years in advance. Yes. I, yeah, <laughs> things like that. So that to me is success. It's not being, um, you know, super rich. It's not having the biggest house or the best car. It's none of that stuff. In fact, that stuff really doesn't matter that much to me. I just want to have the freedom to do what I want when I want in my life right now. And as as we keep going forward, then those things will change. And as my kids get older, those things will change. But that to me is what success really means in my business uh, and really in my home too, because as my business has changed, so is my home and vice versa. So that's really what success means to me now. I love it. That's so awesome. 
Yeah. Well, my goodness, like I've taken so many notes. I've learned so much today. I can't thank you enough for pouring into us. Kendra, this has been so much fun. And I just think you're an amazing example for women, for mamas everywhere, you know, being a voice, stepping into this call that you had on your heart and kind of taking this role. And it's just awesome what you're teaching us. So thank you for being a blessing for us. Of course, I think these bosses are going to want to know, like, I got to go check out her podcast. I want to find out more about Kendra. Where can they find you? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here and for your kind words and for letting me talk about this. This has been amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, You can find me over at motherlikeaboss.com. That's really the best place to find all the things. You can find my blog on there, courses, uh, a a bunch of free places, free things, free offerings that I have. Uh, You can also find all of the information on my podcast there. We're also on iTunes. It's just the Mother Like a Boss podcast. And then we're all over social media at Mother Like a Boss. So Instagram, Facebook, all the places. Come follow. Be friends with me. I love to interact with my audience. Absolutely love it, especially over on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kendra. Thank you so much. I hope you learned as much as I did on today's amazing show. And y'all, if you are loving all of this free content that I am pouring into for you, give me a thank you by leaving a review for the show over on iTunes. Give me a star rating and leave some comments. I love to read reviews live on the air and give you a shout out. And if you haven't, headed over to stephaniegass.com. Do it now and snag all of the awesome freebies I have over there. Check out the courses and all of the things happening. I would love to work with you in a further capacity. Now, I want to pray over each and every one of you. I pray that you find the time to have intentionality with your home life. You find the focus, the diligence you need to conquer any of the things that make you feel chaotic or unorganized in your home so that you can find peace in the place that you spend the most of your time. Sending you so much love and light, Steph. Hey mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, if you'll head over to iTunes, the Mompreneur Mastermind Show, and leave a review and subscribe to the channel, that would be awesome. And I'd love to connect with you over on social media. My handle is at Stephanie Gass. I'll see you soon. Bring light, love, and abundance. Until next time.